There's a new COVID booster, as you've probably heard. Now, the CDC is recommending that everybody six months old and over get one. Yet the state of Florida is recommending that nobody get one under the age of 65. Now, there are other people who have a more nuanced opinion about this, including me. So let's talk about it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. David. So as I've continued to talk about, I want to present the information as much as I have available to me. And of course, while I realize that there is public health care policy when organizations like the CDC make recommendations that they're trying to cover the whole population, that there's also private health care policy where on an individual level, people have to weigh the pros and cons, the benefits and risks of all of the options that are out there. And of course, I firmly advocate for autonomy for people to be able to make their own decisions about their health, for people to be involved in making choices as to what they think is the best thing for their health and for that of their family. Okay, now this new vaccine booster that has just come out, it targets an Omicron variant called XBB.1.5. Okay, now this particular variant, it's not even around anymore. As you probably, if you keep up with these things, these new variants are coming out all the time. They've been in the Omicron mode for the most part of the last almost two years, which is obviously good because that means there haven't been major, major mutations. Even in terms of some of the most recent variants you've heard of that are significantly different, the research is now showing that they're not that much different and that past protection, past antibodies still protect against them. Now, the... Drug manufacturers, the vaccine companies, are saying that the new versions of the vaccines will work just as well. At least that's what they show in the lab. But there's been no human testing on these against the most current ones because, of course, they're changing. A a month ago, things were different than what they are now. So, you know, they could do the best that they can, but obviously things are changing. But also understanding that as long as things are staying in the Omicron mode and an Omicron vaccine is given, it should be a decent match. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, how successful it is. That's a different story. But the CDC is also hoping to make this an annual flu like an annual shot for covid similar to like the flu now what have we seen in terms of the flu vaccine before every year they try to predict what will happen next year they will use what happened in the southern hemisphere etc um, which happened six months sooner but and sometimes they guess reasonably well sometimes they guess not so good at all and it's luck of the draw based upon also some of course scientific experience but There hasn't been amazingly good um, coverage for the flu for a long time, if ever. Okay. Now, in terms of the, you know, one of the things that is kind of well understood now is that past immunity, whether it's from a vaccine or from having the wild disease, or even um, does not really prevent against getting sick after a relatively short period of time severity of illness that is different but in terms of not getting sick whatsoever the information that we were being told a couple of years ago has turned out to not be true now obviously people were making decisions at that time and in hindsight um being 2020 of course we're going to learn about that and that everything that was being told to us was true and of course you know we have to make our own decisions as to how to predict what will happen in the future and i'm sure as we've said time and time again i'm sure a year or two from now what we're saying now is probably not going to be 100 percent accurate But, you know, we all do the best we can, right? Now, but a lot of the research is showing now that within four weeks of a person getting a COVID vaccine, 
that the antibodies and the protection is already starting to fade. And that really, um, and it continues to fade more and more as the weeks and months go on. And most people feel six to eight months that a vaccine is not really providing that much protection. Again, it may be providing protection against hospitalization, but certainly is not providing it protection against catching the disease. Now, I'm just but what you're seeing here now is a graphic that is being put out by the CDC. And one of the ways that people are that we're now tracking COVID disease is not by positive tests. We know that there are people who are asymptomatic, people have minimal cold type of symptoms. In fact, no one's even checking and, and, and tracking the actual numbers of positive tests anymore. But what is now being checked more frequently are is wastewater. So obviously, if overall in our sewage, etc., if we are seeing the, the number of the uh, amount of the viral particles showing up, that's obviously one way of indicating that the virus is picking up again. And then the other one, which as you can see here, is by hospitalizations. And I want to point out that nowadays, unlike at the beginning where everybody was being tested if they went into a hospital, and so there were, pe there were people who were being admitted with COVID, not because of COVID. And so, of course, those numbers weren't overly reliable because they were just hospitalizations. But now, considering that in hospital settings, the only time that they're testing is when somebody has a COVID symptom. That's different. OK, so now they're differentiating people between people who have COVID and are being admitted because of COVID as opposed to just with COVID. So these types of numbers are more reliable. And as you see here, for most age groups, there's been like even the smallest of blips in terms of the hospitalizations. But look at what it shows after 70 years of age. You see those numbers are climbing, now, not anywhere close to the numbers that you see from about nine months prior this past winter. You know, we're not anywhere near those types of numbers, but you can clearly see that there is this jump in hospitalizations in the 70-year-old and above. And so I think that that is something to be taking into consideration when, take, when, looking, when looking at all of this. Okay. Now, let's talk more about who's recommending what. Now, as I mentioned, the CDC is recommending that all people um, over five years old should get one of the new shots. It doesn't matter if they've had anyone before, but they're recommending it now. Now, of course, You'd have to question how many people are going to be taking a vaccine for the first time now three years into this whole thing, but that's what the recommendation is. And of course, um, and they're, they're also saying that people between six months and five years old, for the youngest of children, they're actually saying one or two depending on their vaccine status. So they're saying that the young kids should be taking, you know, should be having more doses than the adults. Now, from everything that we've seen from COVID, do we really think that the kids are the ones that are high risk? Now, there are exceptions, of course, and high risk people, etc. Okay. But from the very, very beginning, we knew that this was not a very impactful disease on kids. Of course, they could pass it to older people. But for kids, you know, they were kind of the ones who got off pretty easy on this one for the most part. So it's a little unclear to me as to why they're recommending one or two. And especially since nine, you know, almost everybody's had COVID at this point at least once. And of course, we've talked about hybrid immunity or natural immunity being an important part and potentially even more important for past um, in terms of what your long-term immunity will be. Okay. Now, the state of Florida is recommending the exact opposite. And this is from a statement that was put out by the Florida Surgeon General. The exact opposite. The state of, so he's actually recommending against anybody under the age of 65 getting a COVID vaccine. Now, I've shared before, I kind of have a little issue with saying that you recommend against something as opposed to saying, I don't recommend. Because to me, when you're saying, I don't recommend, that's that's a much more solid, solid recommendation. And I think that, you know, there was no mention even in the statement. You know, it's a formal statement from the Surgeon General. There was no nuance there. There was no mention 
about high-risk populations under the age of 65. Just flat out, nobody uh, that they recommend not getting it under the age of 65. Okay, and again, to me, that seems a bit extreme, considering that there are um, extenuating circumstances for some people. Okay, now, in a, you know, and so again, if it's going to be like an annual shot, it's going to be an annual shot. Let's not even get into that anymore because that's not what we're talking about. But you know, one of the things that they also said that um, that um, it, that this was granted in absence of any meaningful booster-specific clinical trial data performed in humans. Well, again, as I said before, of course there was not for this particular booster, but we do have data based upon previous boosters. Okay, so to say that, I think that this is misleading to say that because there is, um, because this is a modified version of vaccines that have had meaningful research done. Now, you can argue the merits of, the, of that research, okay, but at the same time, there were very, very large studies done on this. So I think that that is misleading, okay? Um, and so, again, that's kind of where they're coming from. Now, I will say this. In the Surgeon General's um, statement about this, he did put a few really good things in there. Stuff that we've been talking about forever, such as staying physically active. So these are part of his recommendations. Recommending don't get the shot, but he's recommending stay physically active. Minimize processed foods. Mi uh, maximize vegetables, vegetables and healthy fats. Spend time outside and support your um, um, vitamin D levels. Well, hallelujah for those things. I mean, you know, obviously hanging out with me and listening to this stuff, you've known all of that. But it is nice to see a formal document um, saying that the CDC hasn't come out that strong. So, you know, I, I do want to give credit where credit's due. And I do think that those are wonderful recommendations. OK, now I want to bring in somebody else here, which is Dr. Paul Offit. OK, and I've talked about him from time to time. He is a pediatrician. He's head of the he's an infectious disease expert at University of Pennsylvania. He is also one of the advisors for the for the um, for the FDA for the advisory committee for vaccines. He is one of the people that I presented to at the beginning with all of the vaccines when I did my three different presentations about my views of, of the of the of the of the vaccine from originally from Pfizer and then from Moderna and then for children that I was asked to come speak for. And he was one of the people who listened to that. Now, in my opinion, and following him throughout this entire process. I think he is the most level-headed national expert advisory person on this, okay? And he has questioned the need for COVID shots for kids in the past. He's been on statement on that, okay? And he also says that he believes that the shots should be recommended um, in this most recent statement that he made about this vaccine or relative to the coming out of this vaccine. He actually said that he believes that the shots should be recommended annually only for high-risk groups, right? And we know kids aren't high-risk overall. He also says that studies have not shown that the booster shots protect against disease in low risk populations, which, as I said, it doesn't stop you from getting sick. But, you know, what can it do for other risk at risk people? So, yay, Paul Offit. You know, I mean, I, I, I really um, says I mean, I, to me, that's really kind of more where, where I'm at. And, you know, I think that there are populations who benefits will outweigh the risks. But I'm really glad that someone like Paul Offit continues to be the person. He's actually voted against some of these boosters and in, in, in terms of the way that they're given. So, you know, I, I, I he's some to follow if you want to kind of keep an eye on uh, on what's going on when, when he speaks i i do listen a little bit more i think that there's something there okay so what is my take on all of this i know this is something that you guys are waiting on so first of all um it, it won't perfect so this shot will not protect against infection at least not more than a few weeks out okay now those who have antibodies of course are protected some level of protection. Now, the antibody levels do fade. We've talked in the past about how T cells are those memory cells 
are there and they'll start making the antibodies first. But if the antibodies are present in your body, it attacks the virus immediately. Doesn't need the revving up as much of those T cells to make more antibodies or to recognize so that we make more antibodies, actually, I should say. Um, so that's um, obviously that. But against them, but the antibodies will protect against severity. I think that that's pretty well established at this point. Okay, um, and of course, if you've been more recently infected, then of course that protects even more. Not just because you have the antibodies, but if you've been recently infected, it's closest to the variants that are out now. In hindsight, okay. Now, do high risk people versus lo and people, especially of low immune immunity, um, regardless of age, I do think that they will benefit more from this vaccine and not just in the above 65, but really at any age. I do think that they're on an individual basis that there are people and those are the people that I think will have the best chance of getting a benefit if they choose to get the vaccine. Now, of course, always talk about my immune support protocol, my COVID response protocol that we've shared many times on this on this channel here before. And of course, making the good vitamin D and the zinc levels going into that because, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear what, you know, there wasn't any mention of uh, zinc on in the Florida report, but hey, vitamin D, right? we're moving in the right direction. Um, but also know what the accessibility is and the availability of pharmaceutical um, options that are out there. Okay. Um, I know a lot of doctors even are, are, are not giving Paxlova to people. I personally found it worked very well. I found it worked on most people um, very well. Um, usually within one or two days, I've seen very significant improvements. If you can handle the aftertaste, uh, that's like the metallic aftertaste. Some people get a little nauseousness or whatever like that. So um, I do find that cinnamon and some other strong flavors can mask that metallic um, taste. But especially if you're at a high-risk person um, and, and things are starting to escalate, I do think it's a really viable option. Okay, so there's my take it all. There's where we are now. Who knows what information will come out in the next couple weeks. But at least as of the middle to the end part of September, now you know a little more. Have a nice day.